Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, everybody. This is Sandy Weiner, and I am the Chief Love Officer at LastFirstDate.com. I am the dating and love coach for women over 40 who want to attract and sustain a lasting, loving, healthy relationship. We have a fabulous show coming up for you today. I'm going to be speaking with attorney, blogger, and radio host Henry Gornbein about remarriage and blended families, the five keys to success. People often get married again and make the same mistakes, and when you have blended families, whole host of new problems arise and you really need to address them. So very excited to speak to Henry in just a few minutes. And as a dating coach, I love helping women over 40 recognize the qualities of a good man and learn the relationship skills that it takes to make love last. And so whether you want to get married again or you want to just have a long-term relationship um, and date with dignity and self-respect, and do it differently this time, a lot of times you can't see the problems that you're doing, the problems that you're creating within your relationships because you're too close to them. And so that's why it's helpful to have someone like me or another dating coach who can kind of be your mirror to help you to learn the things that you're doing well and the things that you might be doing that are sabotaging your dating success. And so one of those things is that I find that women often at this age, women over 40, over 50, are often, uh, they're dating like they're working. They bring that same kind of masculine energy to their dates as they do to their their work life. And the things that help them succeed in the workplace really don't work so well in, in their romantic lives. And men don't know whether to date them or hire them. And so you don't want to be in the friend zone. And if you don't want to be somebody's buddy um, and you want to be seen as a romantic interest, I just want you to focus more on bringing out some of those beautiful feminine qualities that you have, your ability to emote, your ability to be empathic, your ability to really connect Um, very deeply, which is something that a lot of men struggle with. So be that woman, be strong, be feisty, be all these wonderful qualities that you have, but make sure to bring out your femininity on a date. So dress in clothes that are not all, you know, suit-like and be more feminine. Um, We just had an inner circle call from my inner circle coaching group about how to dress for dating success, and so much of it is is your inner self and how you feel about yourself. So if you would like to learn about other mistakes that midlife daters make and how you can turn them around with actionable exercises, I would love to give you that gift. It's available on my website, lastfirstdate.com. Just go into my homepage and sign up because I want you to go on your last first date. Today's show is sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. You can listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you like. You'll get a free book if you sign up for your 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash last first date. 
My guest, Henry Gornbein, is a specialist in all aspects of family law. He's an author of the Spousal Chapter of Michigan Family Law and the host of award-winning cable TV show, Practical Law. He's He's a frequent blogger, and he blogs for the Huffington Post, and he's a guest on Divorce Source Radio with the Ask Henry segment. He's a partner in Lippitt, O'Keefe, Gornbein, in Birmingham, Michigan, and he's also the author of Divorce Demystified, Everything You Need to Know Before You File for Divorce. So please join us as we discuss second marriages and blended families and how to succeed at both. Uh, I think this is you, Henry. I am here. This is you. How Hi. Are you? Hi. Okay. Good. How are you? Good. You know, I thought a lot about this, and... It's such an important issue, and one thing I would, you know, I'm going to pose some questions and answers and thoughts based upon my own personal life, my many years of experience as a family law specialist, and I think one question that your listeners should ask and answer, before you enter into a new relationship or a new marriage, have you recovered from your divorce or prior relationship? It's like, are you ready to move on? Are you ready to focus on this new uh, man, this new special person in your life? Because if you're not, I think you're doomed to failure. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, are you there? Are you ready? Are you ready for dating? Are you ready for a new relationship? And I think that's an important thing to think about. I think it's a great point, and I just got a note from a former client who had been dating somebody, and turned out he was the same guy, different face, guy who took her money, took advantage of her. You know, she just keeps dating the same kind of person. And someone in my community reached out to her on an online dating site, and I don't even know if he's divorced yet. He, I know his wife better than I know him, and she said, I told him he wasn't ready to date yet. So... I don't suggest that women say that because here's the deal. A lot of people don't even know that they haven't recovered. They may think they have. And so as a person dating, I think you have to take on yourself the responsibility, but you also um, you also want to decide who you want to date. You know, do you want to date somebody who's fresh out of a divorce? Do you want to date somebody who's widowed four months, which men have contacted me who are newly widowed and they think they're ready. And I can hear it in a first conversation. You know, they're talking about their wife constantly and, and you know, it's it takes time. Yeah, I agree with you. And the other thing is, I guess everyone's different and every situation's different. And it's a matter of, you know, are you willing to focus on, you know, if you're out there, if you meet someone, is someone willing to focus on you? Sandy, and not be focusing on uh, all the problems of his or her last relationship or the loss of a former spouse. So, you know, you're raising some very, very good points. And it's like when I thought about this, you know, life is never simple, and we all have our baggage, you know, based upon our childhood, based upon who we are. And what I deal with is it's like, are you just shifting baggage from one relationship to the next? Are you ready to carry on new baggage? And, you know, these are some things to think about. 
but it's like when I've lectured on this topic or thought about it, when we're young, you know, maybe we're a little naive, maybe we're a little more uh, unrealistic or have expectations that everything's fine, it's the fairy tale version of life. And then as we get older, as we enter, whether it's our 40s or 50s or 60s, we're older. Sometimes we're wiser, but not necessarily. And I think when I did the show with you earlier, I talked about the importance of therapy or counseling because, mm-hmm. you know, to help you get through a relationship or a divorce and to learn about yourself so you don't keep repeating your mistakes, which is something you just mentioned where you, you know, you're attracted to a certain type of person, maybe a different physical package, but the inner makings are the same and you're, you know, you're doomed for more uh, heartache, for lack of a better word. So these are all issues. But when you think about yeah. it, and this is what I talk about, is the fact that in a first relationship or first marriage, there are usually no children. Uh, you usually don't have a lot of property. You usually don't have debts. Uh, you're starting out. You're building a future. Now we fast forward to someone's perhaps in their 40s, perhaps in their 50s. Uh, they've gone through a divorce or perhaps they've lost a spouse or a close intimate through death, and you you have baggage. Uh, you usually have children. Uh, you have property that's been divided in a divorce. You often have debts. Uh, you often have issues. Are you receiving enough child support? Are you paying too much child support? Is, is there a spousal support, alimony issue? So these are all things... You mix all these in the equation. And the other thing in relationships, and I tell this again and again in my practice, if you have children and you're in a new relationship, sure you want this perfect blended family, but don't rush it. Don't rush your children into this new relationship. Uh, Make sure that you and whoever you're with uh, have sound footing before you start introducing children because children... Uh, they're problematic, to say the least. First of all, they don't like step-parents. They often don't like uh, step-siblings. And they're very good at sabotaging relationships. On the other thing, I tell people, where someone's out there dating, whether during a divorce or after a divorce or after a death, you don't want to introduce your children to the flavor of the month, for lack of a better word. You want to make sure that you know, there's some stability first, because if you're jumping, you know, literally from bed to bed or from relationship to relationship, what are you telling your children? What are you telling them about morality? What are you telling them about stability? So, again, timing's everything, but I think time is everything. I mean, give yourself a chance to heal. Uh, give your children a chance to be comfortable with you as their parent as you're raising children, even adult children don't like being thrown into a mix too quickly. So Mm -hmm. these are some of the thoughts as we deal with relationships that I think are important. I couldn't agree with you more about this, and so many people make this mistake. And I have seen friends of mine who had men sleep over, their kids were young, and they said, oh, they don't don't know anything. And they weren't even that young. I think... At one point, I think her, her son was 10, her daughter was 12, and she said, well, they just think mommy has a friend. I said, oh, your right. kids are yeah. not, 
they're not that stupid. <laughs> Trust me. No. no. And, you know, just because you're not making out in front of them doesn't mean they're not realizing that your boyfriend and girlfriend, the guy's sleeping in your room, and what are you showing this budding adolescent who and this woman dated many men and brought many men home, and it was just so harmful to her kids. And I was very careful about that. I I vowed to my kids, and I've spoken about it on the radio before, but I, I sat them down when I was finally ready to date. It took me two years. I wanted to make sure they were okay. I needed to establish who I was as a single parent, as a business owner, starting a new business, owning a house. There's so much you have to deal with often when you're divorcing and or if you're widowed and, you know, you're on your own. And to bring your kids into that mess is wrong. Um, to ever pit them, you know, in the place where they should not be, that your job is to take care of them and make sure that they are emotionally taken care of and that they're on solid footing. And I finally was ready two years later, and I told them that I would never, ever introduce them to anyone unless it was serious, and I have kept my promise. And they are grateful, very grateful. And those are wise words. I mean, it's just the best way to act. And people, I think, I think partly because of insecurities, partly because people are in a rush, but they rush into things, you know, the old saying, fools rush in where uh, wise men or angels feel fear to tread. There's a lot of truth to it. And people, they're in a hurry. It's like, and I do a lot of lectures on the impact of social media and the Internet on relationships and oh, divorces boy. and everything. And mm-hmm. I've been doing webinars all over the country on this topic. And to me, what's happening with the Internet is that we become more superficial. Uh, everything's, it's like relationships through the Internet are like speed dating on steroids, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And you can be whoever you want because you, you've now got a screen separating you from someone. You're keystroking in, and it's more superficial. It's more unrealistic, and it's harder to get to know someone. I mean, there's yep. nothing like face-to-face communication. And, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. you and I share a lot of the same views. but Yes, you know, I think so. I mean, I, it's it's a real problem, and I think also how people paint themselves in social media is so important, and people you know, put everything out there. And it's public and it's online. And, you know, I remember one time I didn't realize that when you change your relationship status on Facebook that everybody sees it, that it's not like this little private thing that you do. So I was dating somebody. We went to see the Facebook movie. Um, and and he said, well, have you put that we're in a relationship on Facebook? And he didn't have Facebook. And I said, no. He goes, well, why not? I said, I don't know. I just I'm pretty private. He goes, well, do you mind putting it up? And I go, okay. So I change it that night. All of a sudden, all of my daughter's friends are saying, oh, congratulations. And my daughter was mortified. And I was mortified. I was just like, oh, I thought this was quiet. So I learned. Um, But, yeah, I think people need to be respectful of, of all of that. But let's, so let's, let's talk about some of the issues. So you're saying, so children, um, even adult children can be very uh, affected by their parents' relationship. And I can tell you as a as an adult child whose parent remarried when I was uh, maybe 40-something, um, it, it was 
uh, I was okay with it, but there were definitely issues that we had to work through. Um, so what other things come up for children of divorce or, or you know, loss? I think you as an adult parent have to make your child or children fear, feel, not fear, but feel, maybe fear is part of it, that they are important, mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. love them, and that you have enough love for your children, but also enough love to share with this new significant other or this new future spouse. And that I think if you approach it in a very positive manner, that can be a very, very important way of addressing some of these issues. But people don't do it that way. They don't think they're, you know, and I'm in the middle of so many cases where someone's, you know, in the middle of the divorce and already bringing the children to a new relationship or, you know, the mm-hmm. new relationship is taking priority over the children. So I think you have to make your children, whether they're young children or adult children, feel that they're important and that they're, that they're your primary focus. On yeah. the other hand, you have to do a balancing act because if you're in a new relationship or a new marriage, this new husband, wife, or significant other has to feel that he or she is important and not second fiddle of the children, or there has to be an understanding reached. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like first time around, first relationship, first marriage, no children. It's easier. But now when mm-hmm. you have children, when you have all these other multiple things going on, you're juggling more balls. It's more complicated. And that's why, you know, there's a much higher failure rate for second and third marriages. So, you know, these are some of yeah. the issues you have. You know, it's it's more complicated. I mean, I often kid when we say, yeah, you hated your in-laws, but guess what? You're still stuck with them. So now you have another set of in-laws to deal with. So, you know, it becomes mm-hmm. more complicated. Or now you have, you can't stand your former spouse, and you're married to someone else who can't stand his or her former spouse, but you still have to deal with these people. So that's right. why it becomes much more complicated. And, you know... You have many more minds that you have to navigate around in this new relationship or this new marriage. And so, what are I some st- of the ways that? Sorry. I, Go ahead. Were you, no. were you just finishing a, a thought? Um, no, I'm good. My question was: So, what are, what are some of the ways that people can practically address these issues? Like, do you are there computer programs where people can sit down and create systems or? Um, you know, like I think communication is so key that people sit down and talk to each other. You know, like I checked in with my kids and said, "What do you want?" You know, some some kids are fine. Some kids really, especially adult children, say, "I want what's best for you, mom or dad," and um, you know, but just you know, here's how I want to be involved. So, you know, what what would you suggest as one of the best ways to deal with this? I would suggest literally setting aside time every day to talk face-to-face, mm-hmm. whether it's with children, whether it's with your new spouse or new significant other, that you reserve time where you're communicating. And, you know, it's like there was a movie out last year called Men, Man, Woman, and Child that was really, to me, it hit home. It talked about the impact of social media and how everyone no longer talks, that everyone's even sitting around the dinner table with their iPhones, iPads, or other means of social media, and they're texting, and it's like people now 
break up through text messages or emails and mm-hmm. you know things have become too impersonal and that that's a danger yeah. so i guess what i'm saying get personal save time to talk if there are issues, address them. Don't sweep them under the rug. Too many people say, mm-hmm. well, if I ignore it, it will go away. But if you ignore it, it's going to fester and get bigger. And the yeah. other thing, you know, if there are always going to be issues. Uh, often in a new relationship or a new marriage, you're not going to like the way your new spouse handles his or her children. He or she will feel the same way about how you deal with your children. And so you get into all these complexities. And I guess it's a matter of just talking about these things and trying to listen, trying to communicate. And if there are issues, uh, write them down, you know, and go through them. One thing I will tell, and I find I think women are more guilty of this than men, is they want to make people over. Though I had an interesting situation where I know of a man who was dating a woman they weren't serious, but he started telling her, well, I'd like you to have plastic surgery. I'd like you to change, have a tummy tuck. I'd like you to have your breasts uh, enlarged. And, you know, if someone's telling you that in a new relationship, my advice is run away as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. It's like, yep. unless you can accept people who who we are, you know, and you want to change someone, I mean, you're just asking for problems. And it just so shows how superficial so many people are. That is so true. And I think I almost everyone I know, the women I know, got married thinking that their husband would change. And the men got married hoping their wives would never change. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> That's but, true. And then everything goes crazy, right? Um, so... So let's say people worked out their stuff, they know how to communicate well, and now they're step-parenting. And I know there's a lot of different ways that people believe step-parents should be with children, uh, their their new spouse's children. So some people have said you don't have any rights to discipline your spouse's children other people say, yes, you can, or you're like an uncle, or you're like an aunt. Like, what What do you think is a good way to step-parent so that we have peace in the house? I think, first of all, you and your new spouse should talk these issues through as to what your role is going to be and how much of a role you're going to be. And, you know, legally, what's interesting, step-parents have no legal rights to stepchildren. So to some degree, you are more like an uncle. You are more like a friend. But I think you have to sometimes, you know, you can't, for lack of a better word, let the inmates run the asylum. So if you have children who are out of control, there's nothing wrong with saying, you know, this is not appropriate. Let's discuss this. Let's sit down. You know, I wouldn't swat someone or I wouldn't try to undermine your new wife or husband. But I think you, the two of you should try and be united should try and discuss these issues and discuss how you're going to handle them, what you're going to do, and be a united front. Because even in an intact marriage, parents are played by children. They'll say, well, Dad said this or Mom said this, and why aren't you doing this? Dad will let me do this. Well, with step-families or with reconstituted families, they're even worse. Uh-huh. So children are very, very manipulative, and I think you as, you know, parents in a reconstituted family, you've got to really have a common front and discuss how are you going to deal with these issues. 
and how are you going to handle discipline? And I think if you're on the same page, you're going to, a lot of these issues will go away. Because I'm in court all the time over these issues where someone's manipulating someone or someone's saying this was not done or this, this step-parent did this wrong. And so these are things that are cause for litigation, and you've got to be careful. So, mm-hmm. again, I think it starts with good communication between uh, two spouses in a new relationship, in a remarriage. Yeah, that's good sound advice. I think, again, we're talking about communication. Sit down and talk. Figure it out. Because every situation is not exactly the same. There isn't a one-size-fits-all. And I love the... No, uh, there's not. I love the uh, don't let the inmates run the asylum because, um, you know, that's it's what happens in so many families. And, in fact, I just saw an article about uh, parenting, that we've we've messed up parenting so badly in the last generation. And uh, there was an article about uh, helicopter parents causing depression in uh, like a really high degree of depression in college-age students. And I don't, I'm not surprised at all. These kids are being raised without any life skills. They don't know how to solve problems by themselves. Their parents go and solve everything for them. And so we need to do better, and part of that is talking it out and figuring out how to be a better parent. Um, I think that's really important. The other thing, you're raising a good point about helicopter parents because I deal with this in my practice, is like you got to let go. It's like you got to push the bird out of the nest, so to speak, and let, it, let the child fly and let the child experience. I think too much we're afraid of failure, and it's like... Uh-huh. Now there's an award for everything, you know. You participate, you get an award, and you know. Right. There's nothing wrong with being a not winning every time. There's nothing wrong with saying you can do better. You know, you encourage someone, but I think we're so afraid of failure. We're so afraid uh, that we wrap everyone in a cocoon, and they're not able to cope or deal with the world out there, which is not so nice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now that's. That's how I parent my children. I I want them to experience what failure feels like. I want them to experience what achievement feels feels like. When you really work hard at something and and feel good about it, that's how you build self-esteem. Um, so I, I have another question. Um, sure. What if you're say you're raising your children a certain way, and your ex-spouse is raising them a very different way, which happens a lot, and the ex-spouse is dating somebody and has done everything wrong, um, has introduced the kids too soon, um, can't choose between prioritizing the kids and prioritizing the girlfriend, and your kids come to you and say, Mom, I don't know what to do. Um, How would you suggest that the parent of the non-dating spouse deals with issues about the dating spouse that the kids are going crazy about? You can try picking up a phone or shooting an email, but usually that's going to be ignored. Let me give you an extreme. Mm -hmm. I have a case right now where I represent the former wife. It was a very high-conflict, nasty divorce. Uh, Former husband was in a relationship. There are two daughters, age, I think, six and eight or five and seven, fairly young. Uh, the girlfriend had an 11-year-old daughter who was basically left on her alone. And so, and they would sleep over, 
But what was not known is the 11-year-old was exposing the two younger ones to pornography on her computer. And the younger ones were coming home to Mama and saying things that were sexually inappropriate or something that, you know, five, seven, eight-year-olds should not and would not know. So we wanted to go into counseling, and the father refused. So finally I had to file a motion and got a court order uh, to put the girls into counseling. So you get extremes, and, you know, people just lose sight of their priorities in a relationship. But these things do happen. And, you know, what is the impact on your children? People don't think they're too enamored with uh, that new girlfriend, boyfriend, or whatever, and they're not putting the children first, or as you said, in this marital relationship. So, you know, I think you try to communicate, but let's face it, a lot of former spouses can't communicate, and that's when Mm -hmm. a couple ideas. One, suggest going to counseling. Another thing, sometimes you say, let's go to a mediator and mediate this issue. And last but mm-hmm. not least, you if it's serious enough, you go to court. Yeah. Yeah, it's sad. I mean, there are so many cases. Somebody came up to me the other day. She's a lawyer and deals with a lot of divorce, and she's a guardian for kids of a contentious, contentious divorce. And she asked me for names of parenting coaches who could come into the house and try and mitigate some of the issues and I said well if this father is so shut down I mean good luck I know it's court ordered but he doesn't think there's anything wrong and so it's just sad it's just really sad but let's end on a happy note because we have like 20 seconds left and um, you know I know that people do get married again they are happy happily married there are happy couples I know several of them Um, and so I um, I think that if you follow a lot of the things that you're saying, Henry, and you you talk things out, you do things intelligently, that you're going to have a much much better outcome um, of your second for your second relationship for your second marriage. Let me make one comment, and that is, after you're married, continue to date mm. each other. I mean, have special time. Celebrate each other. Celebrate. There's nothing wrong with romance. There's nothing wrong with special occasions. Remember what you did when you were dating and keep doing that after you're married. Good advice. Well, thank you, Henry, for coming on the show again. And and people can reach you. Just give your website. Uh, Probably the couple of ones, my firm website, which is lipidokeithgornbein.com or familylawformichigan.com and my book website well it's on Amazon under Divorce Demystified and there's also a book website called divorcedemystifiedbook.com and also it was a pleasure being on your show and if we can ever do it again I would love to do it Sandy okay thanks Henry have a great day and thank you everybody for listening in today and hope you all go on your last first date very soon have a great day bye bye thank you